Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. Now, U.S. and European economies are in focus today. In the U.S., markets are betting for the Federal Reserve to announce its fourth straight 75 basis point interest rate hikes. But also at the same time, markets are expecting the Fed to pause its interest rate hike cycle somewhere down the road to see how the economy handles the higher rates. Question is, can the Fed afford to do so? And if it can, when will this be? And elsewhere in Europe, the European Central Bank has raised interest rates by yet another three quarters of a point, while the IMF is expecting half of the 19 Eurozone nations to head into a recession. So how should we as investors calibrate our portfolios in the meantime? So helping us out as we unpack these key developments is Stefan Dio, Global Head of Strategy at Ostrom Asset Management. Hi, Stefan, are you there? Yeah, good morning. Good morning for you in Paris and uh, well, yes. happy holidays. I understand you're on a holiday now. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right, so Stefan, uh, let's start with the US, right? Uh, the US Federal Reserve set to go for its fourth straight 75 basis point interest rate hike this week. Uh, markets are expecting the Fed to hint at a slower rate hike come December. Do you agree with that? And what are your thoughts? Yeah, probably. There is a very big debate in the market right now mm. on what we call the Fed pivot. Basically, it's this idea that at some point in the near future, the Fed will signal that the rate hike will slow down. I think that's almost unavoidable. You have to remember that uh, the neutral rate uh, is around 2.5% for mm-hmm. the Fed. That's what the Fed tells us. We are both obviously above that level. So at some point, the Fed will have to slow down. Now, you have also to keep in mind that not only inflation is very high in the U.S., but it has spread to a very, very large number of sectors. We have about uh, two-thirds of the sector which are with an inflation above 4%. And obviously, you have wage pressure. So the, the wage inflation spiral is very alive in the U.S. Mm. So, yeah, probably the Fed will slow down the, the hiking pace. 75 basis point is a lot, actually. It's very, very unusual. So we would expect a 50 basis point in December at the last mm. meeting, but the rates are very likely to remain elevated for an extended period of time to give time for inflation to go back down. So it's kind of a small pivot in a sense. Right, a small pivot there. But in the meantime, Stefan, economists surveyed in a Reuters poll, they say the Fed should consider pausing interest rate hikes when inflation reaches at about 4.4% to assess if and how its policies have been working. Do you think the Fed can afford to pause its interest rate hike at 4.4% inflation? Yeah, it's probably what we have in mind is close to to our scenario. So you would have Mm. a 75 basis point rate hike this week. Another one, 50 basis point uh, at the last meeting in December. And we expect two of the rate hike next year. So that would put the Fed fund at 475, which is quite high, actually. Um, meanwhile, inflation will probably come down slowly. And you could imagine that at the beginning of Q2 next year, inflation is back around 5% or, or slightly below. In which case, uh, the Fed fund at 475 are, are appropriate. And then you can do a real pause. Mm. But once again, you see that the pivot will be in the fourth. I mean, it will not be immediate. You're probably going to have to wait until Q2 next year to really see the Fed pausing 
and stop hiking rate. Right. And in the meantime, Stefan, I would like to take a look at the U.S. economy. It grew at a surprisingly high rate of 2.6% on year, according to advanced estimates in the third quarter. But it seems like things, uh, when we go into the details, they are not as rosy as the headline number suggests. So which are the details that stood out to you? Well, actually, uh, consumption remained reasonably good. Mm. Uh, You have to keep in mind that consumption is about two-thirds of the the GDP, so that's obviously the biggest uh, component. Uh, To be honest with you, what I think is really interesting with the U.S. data is that they are quite inconsistent. Uh, If you look at the survey, for instance, it's quite a gloomy signal that you would get. So um, confidence is going down quite a lot. But if you look at the labor market, it's still very, very solid. Uh, there are a lot of uh, job opening. Uh, there's a lot of job creation. The unemployment rate is very, very low. So that, that sends you exactly the opposite signal, the signal of an economy that is still resilient. So net-net, we, we believe that we're probably going to have a, a recession in the U.S., once again, because the Fed is hiking so quickly and they want that. If you want to take inflation down, you need a recession at some point. But it's probably going to be a, a shallow recession. Mm. We don't expect anything really dramatic. And once again, you have to keep in mind that the labor market is very, very tight. So the signal we get from a lot of companies is if there's a small recession, we will not fire people because we would be worried not to be able to hire them back during the recovery. So not only you might have a shallow recession, but also a recession where the unemployment rate doesn't go up massively. So in that case, uh, Stefan, to what extent is a pause in the interest rate hike cycle effective in preventing the U.S. economy from slipping to a recession, given that we are only expecting a shallow recession for now? Well, the, the central case scenario for us is once again, uh, the Fed stepping on the brake, mm. creating a recession, but not a very dramatic one. Meanwhile, inflation would probably reach 5% uh, because of the effect and whatever during Q2 next year. Sorry, and when you did below mm. below 5%, the Fed will probably tell us that actually inflation at 3 or 4% is not what they want, but is something that they can cope with, and they will expect inflation to go down to 2%, but very slowly. I don't think we will be at the, the Fed target at 2% at the end of next year. Well, we never say, uh, we never know, but it's very unlikely. And But probably when you arrive below 5%, there's no sense of urgency and the Fed does not need to be super aggressive in its monetary policy. Uh, so we would expect inflation to remain around 3 4% for an extended period of time basically in the US. Mm, I see. And uh, Stefan, meanwhile, I'd like to take a quick look at uh, the various sectors in US as we enter the year-end holiday season. Uh, What are the bright spots for now and to what extent can we expect consumer goods sectors to see a lift in sales and revenue given the current climate? Well, uh, I think what you have to keep in mind and it's very important is uh, it's very simple. When you have inflation, you have prices that are increasing. Uh, and so your top line is increasing by definition. So what we're seeing now is that the volume are not very good, especially for the retail sector. Uh, again, because prices are going up, so the the real wage are, are going down. Mm. So consumption is still holding, but it's, it's not very dynamic. Right. But if you think in terms of the top line of a company, 
they don't sell much more goods, but they sell these goods at a much higher price because mm-hmm. of inflation. So actually, if you look at the reporting season, um, the Q3 reporting season, which is underway right now, we have about half of the companies that have reported in the U.S., and the vast majority is reporting the top line above expectation. Once again, it's mm-hmm. not a volume effect because volume are lackluster, I would say, but it's a price effect because they are all able to hike price. Uh, and so the top line is, is actually reasonably good. And obviously, if you have positive surprise for the top right. line, which again is the case for the majority of companies, right. well, guess what? Uh, your earnings are also surprising on the upside. Mm. So the reporting season is actually, for the time being, quite good. Not um, extremely good, but is better than expected for the vast majority of, of companies once in the US. I, I see. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Stefan Dio, Global Head of Strategy at Ostrom Asset Management. Uh, Stefan, in the meantime, how are US markets likely to end the year and how should we as retail investors position our portfolios, especially in terms of the US stocks and asset classes? Well, I think, um, as we say, interest rates are still going up. So the companies that are very dependent on interest rate have suffered a lot. Uh, I'm thinking about growth stock, um, IT stock. Uh, the best example is probably the non-profitable company in the NASDAQ. If you're a non-profitable company, you're basically saying to the investor, I'm going to make a lot of money in one year, two year, five year. You have to be patient. Obviously, when the interest rate is at zero, you're patient as an investor. When the interest rate is at 4%, you're not patient anymore. So those mm. companies have suffered a lot. Uh, so I would be very, very cautious about all the companies that are dependent on interest rate. Mm. Um, so the non-profitable company, the gross company, the company that are very leveraged. Overall, uh, what we see right now is that the, comp- the investors are extremely pessimistic. Right. There is a bear bull ratio which was at an all-time high. Well, no, uh, it was close to all-time high two weeks ago. It has been higher only in 2009 after Lehman Brothers. Mm. So the, the pessimism is extremely high. If instead of a very negative cycle, we just have a small recession as we expect, probably there is much more to pessimism priced in the market. And that's what we think. The risk premium uh, for a lot of companies is currently extremely mm. high, right. especially the cyclical ones, the, some of the, uh, the value stock and mm. etc. So it, I think it's, it's a good time to go bottom fishing, basically, um, right. and to be very selective uh, on, on the company. Mm. Um, we would expect the stock market to be slightly up by the end of the year. Mm. But what I think is very interesting is the sectoral rotation. That has been very, very high lately. Right. And uh, Stefano, I know that you're based in Paris and I want to wrap up by talking about what's going on in Europe. The IMF chief has said that the IMF expects at least half of the 19 Eurozone countries to head into a recession. What are your thoughts on this? Which will be the hardest hit nations? I think the question is not whether we're going to have a recession. That's almost certain. The Mm. question is, whether it's a small recession or whether it's a very deep and serious recession. Exactly. Uh, we are in the camp that say that it's going to be a small recession because mm. uh, the budget stimulus is very, very impressive uh, in Europe. 
just to give you a number, uh, Germany just voted a 200 billion euro budget stimulus. Mm. So obviously you have the negative shock of Ukraine, the negative shock of gas price being very high, the negative shock of uh, COVID and etc. But on the other side, uh, government are helping the economy very, very aggressively. So we think a recession is almost unavoidable. Mm-hmm. But uh, we probably will have something which is small. By the way, we had the Q3 data that have mm-hmm. been just published for most of the country. And they're still, uh, Germany is growing, Italy is growing, France is growing, Spain is growing, etc., etc. So it's not looking like a, a disaster. Now, in terms of what are the countries that are, will be the worst hit, uh, well, the, the biggest shock we have to swallow is the energy shock, mm-hmm. uh, the price uh, of energy is skyrocketing here in Europe. So the country with a large industrial base dependent on energy, namely Germany, is likely to suffer much more than, than the other ones. And Stefan, I only have about 15 seconds left. Uh, which <laughs> sectors, geographies or asset classes should investors in the Eurozone turn to for now? Uh, I think the risk premium in the credit market is totally unreasonable right mm-hmm. now. Uh, you get very, very well paid for the risk you're, you're taking. So we like credit. The argument is worse uh, also for uh, the stock market, but to a less extent. But the, the, the default rate implicitly priced by the credit market is simply not reasonable from our point of view. Right. Thank you very much, Stefan. That was Stefan Dio, Global Head of Strategy at Ostrom Asset Management. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.